This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. It's time for Speak Legal, conversations with Community Law Otago, made with the support of Law Faculty, University of Otago. And today, Lily Roger from Community Law Otago joins us to talk about misleading conduct. Morena, good to have you with us, Lily. Good to be here, Jeff. So why is misleading conduct something that we need to be talking about? Well, most people will have many interactions that could result in misleading conduct. However, it is important to keep in mind that when you think a person's conduct is misleading, that person whom you're dealing with needs to satisfy the requirements set out in Section 9 of the Fair Trading Act under misleading conduct. All right, so tell us about those requirements. Firstly, the misleading or deceptive conduct must happen in trade. So this is defined as the course of business and the person accused must of misleading conduct or the defendant must be a trader under the Fair Trading Act. This is a pretty broad interpretation, so any sort of transaction could come under this definition. The second requirement is that there is a process to determine if the misleading conduct is sufficient to warrant legal intervention. This is required as the provision is not designed to provide a guarantee to purchasers who fail to look after their own interests in a manner that is unreasonable in the circumstances. All right, so how do the courts determine what is misleading conduct? The court will look if the conduct is in breach of Section 9. So this pretty much entails the court weighing up many different factors like the context, character of the person affected and whether a reasonable person in the claimant's situation would have been misled or deceived, um, would have likely been misled or deceived. There has to be more than a representation, I mean a misrepresentation. Therefore, Section 9 is restricted to what we call a reasonable person test. This is a common test within the legal system to make sure that the events which took place were more than what a reasonable person would expect. Therefore, a person cannot have reactions which are extreme or over-imaginative. For example, in the case of Closure Pack and WS, it involved machinery being sold as excellent, efficient, modern machinery. However, they were not. The court in this case held that any representation as to the quality must be read in light of the disclosed age and condition. Therefore, when the sale was completed, the misunderstanding had been corrected as there was no persuasion or inducement to enter into the contract. As you can see here, the reasonable person test does preclude people who do not do their due diligence when entering into contracts. A person can also be liable under this offence through admission. Therefore, it is not enough to say, I never said anything to mislead the complainant. The courts have recognised that the failure to disclose information can be misleading conduct. However, they also require the person to have knowledge of what they are doing for silence to be misleading or deceptive. It is not necessary for a defendant's actions to actually mislead the complainant. All that is required is the intention to do so. 
As long as the conduct has the capacity to mislead a hypothetical, reasonable person, then there has been a breach of Section 9. Mm, Okay, Lily, anything else required? (laughs) The final thing which needs to happen to be successful under this claim is the complainant needs to be able to prove a causal nexus between the conduct of the defendant and the loss incurred. A causal nexus just means that there has to be a link which shows that the misleading or deceptive conduct caused the loss and the conduct would have had the same effect on a reasonable person in their position. The defendant's conduct does not need to be the sole cause of the loss, but it just must be a major contributing factor. So a major contributing factor in the eyes of the court is conduct which without the loss would have um, conduct that without the um, without it would have not the loss would not have occurred. All right, we're talking about the defendant's conduct. What about the complainant? Can the complainant's behaviour detriment their claim under misleading conduct? Uh, yes, it can, um, but it also doesn't. So the case of Red Eagle established that a claimant's own carelessness doesn't preclude a claim, but it may result in the claim being dismissed if the conduct is such to destroy the causal connection between the conduct and the loss or damage. Okay, Lily, what uh, remedies are available to people if they find themselves in this situation? So under the Fair Trading Act, Section 43, Subsection 2, remedies can include um, varying or voiding contracts, refunds, damages, repairing damages, and the supply of specific goods and services. More than one of these can be given at a time. However, a limitation of this provision is that the compensation standard is the reliance measure. So this means it's out-of-pocket money rather than um, the expectation measure, which can be loss or loss of profit. So the claimant can only receive money for actual loss suffered. And also the claimant's conduct is also in consideration when making a decision regarding the remedies. Because if their conduct contributed to the loss, it will be considered and the remedy will be awarded accordingly. So it can get a little bit complicated, but uh, if you yes. find yourself in a situation where you think you've been misled in a way that's that's impacted on you in the ways that Lily's talked about, you can uh, get in touch with the good people at Community Law Otago. They talk uh, through your potential remedies for that. Lily, thanks again for joining us here for Speak Legal and shedding some light on this aspect of New Zealand law. We really appreciate it and we look forward to catching up with you further down the track. Thank you, you too. Community Law Otago. Free legal advice and support for the people of Otago. Visit our weekday advice clinics at 169 Princess Street, Dunedin. Clinic session times are available from the website communitylawotago.com. Ring 474-1922 or 0800-169-333 if calling from outside Dunedin. Speak Legal is made with support from the Law Faculty, University of Otago, training for life. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.